Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Well, hello, everyone. I'm back today. Missed last week, as you know. I'm just excited to be back. I love doing the show, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a joy for me every week. And I did miss it, although I had a wonderful time. I went to visit with my daughter uh, in Houston, Texas, and just, it was really special. We really had a wonderful time. I met her boyfriend, saw the house that she's about to buy, or she bought, and um, they're going to do some fixing up and then move in, and I'm just really, everything is, everything was great, and I'm, but it's still wonderful to be home too, and be back to doing the show. Anyway, I do have two email requests for this show this week, and I actually have two already for next show. So it got me thinking that maybe it's discouraging for those of you who want to call in and ask a question, or want to call in and have a healing, and I don't want to discourage people. So I'm, but it just, I'm getting so many email requests because I think of the odd time of day I have this show, at least in the States, it's right in the middle of the work day, and many people can't, can't call in. And even if they aren't working at this time, maybe it's the middle of the night for them or whatever. So I just sort of going over and mulling it over in my mind. And I think that if you have access to email, it's best to email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com. If for some reason you have no access to email, please call in, put the question mark, uh, and I will get to you while I'm on the show. I'll get to you even in between the healing that I've already got planned or some, you know, just before, just after, So you can tell me your issue on the radio, and then I may not have time that day because I already have some pre-requests, but I will then write it all down and get to it the next show or the next show afterward. And so that would be a way to not leave someone discouraged who doesn't have access to email. My feeling is that that's a rare possibility because most people who are able to listen to the show probably have a computer and probably have access to email. But just in case, or maybe you have a short question, you don't really need to write an issue, but you have a short question about something, you can certainly feel free to call in. And let me give that number out, 646-668-8565. I also have a Website, I just want to mention, JanetRichmond.com. Please feel free to take a look on the website. There's an awful lot of stuff on there for free, a lot of information, a lot of help, lot you know, just a lot of stuff. And all the radio shows are on there that uh, are archived. And they're almost done. The indexing is almost done. Uh, the My new wonderful assistant, Catherine, has gone through and is indexing them and is naming them giving them some sort of name so that you have an idea just by reading the name. You don't have to read all the description 
you'll be able to find one that you can relate to. Okay, or that speaks to you. There's something issue that you really need to address in your own life. Anyway, so I'm going to go forward, and I'm going to say hello quickly to my honorary co-host, Robin. She's listening, which is great. And I'm going to I'm going to talk to uh, Robin in a minute. Not um, I mean I don't need to connect you, Robin, but I'm going to speak to your some of your feedback because I like to give the feedback for for the listeners. So they've heard the healings for different people, and now they get some feedback from that person. And I think it helps you all because each piece of feedback is a bit different, and it gives you an idea of some of the things that can shift and change or not shift and change, whatever it may be, because the feedback does not always have to be, oh, the healing was amazing and positive and wonderful, it can be it was confusing or maybe I didn't feel well afterward and so I'm worried about it. Was that normal? It can be anything, any kind of feedback. But I share with you because I think it's important for you all to hear. Okay, now I have some feedback from Eileen from the show I did on October 15th. So it wasn't from last week because I didn't do a show last week. And she says, thank you so much for doing the healing for me on the radio show. I listened today because she's in the Nether- in the Netherlands. So she couldn't listen to it live, but she listened to it, I guess, the next day. She said she was amazed by it. First, she said she felt a strong emotional reaction and couldn't do more than just cry. And she released so much frustration about time and energy spent on searching for answers in my life. And finally, she's able now to receive some clear and understandable insights. Now, she said, but the listening for the second time, she really engaged in the healing. So she did listen to it twice, and that is great for all of you. If you listen to it more than once, not only do you pick up new things, not only can you more fully engage, but you're also able to take in and understand because when it all happens at once, it may be too much to wrap the head around or too confusing or too whatever, overwhelming, you listen to it a second time, that gets a lot more clarity. And also, you go deeper again. You get the healing twice. And you can always pause it when you're listening again. And things that have come up for you, you can take be that active participant and start to release more stuff that comes up for you. Because doing one short session for each of the people that I'm working on, it's it's a great start. Trust me, it's a great start, but it's not everything. We carry so many layers, so why not take that second listen and put the pause it when you get to whatever healing part that things are starting to come up for you that I do not say and just work on letting those go and neutralizing those. Okay, so that's what she said. And so she... Um, she said it clarified a lot for her about the challenges she was or had been experiencing and all the anchors. I don't know if you remember, but I had a hot air balloon image that I saw and there were those tethers that were anchoring the balloon to the ground and the balloon wanted to go up. It was full of the hot air ready to rise and there were all these sort of tethers and she said all the anchors that you were describing holding me down. They made so much sense. And she said she felt a strong emotional resonance with all of them. 
I can relate to the symbol of the basket and hot air balloon wanting to be released. Actually, as a reminder to myself, she said she's going to get an image of a of a you know hot air balloon and put it on her desk. I thought that was cute. Um, as a as a reminder to where she's going. Now she said I can't tell you how it will impact her over time, but for sure she said she'd let me know how it plays out over the next weeks. She all it also made her aware that. She wanted to integrate neutralizing the negative patterns in her coaching. Now, she's something called a coactive coach. I don't know the coactive coach term exactly. I'm sure it's out there. Keep in mind, she's from the Netherlands, and it may not translate exactly. It may be some sort of life coach. I'm not sure. But she said she's going to integrate the neutralizing into that coaching, and I think that's great. I think it's fabulous. I think it's it can be integrated in many, many different ways and many, many different modalities. So I'm going to encourage listeners to do that as well for whatever they're doing. And she said now uh, she feels calmer, more clear, more at ease of where she is in her life while knowing the best is yet to come. Ooh, that feels good. And she said she feels like a huge burden has lifted from her and she's excited to discover how her life will unfold because she's now building it on a divine foundation, which is great, that solid foundation that we all want to build. And she said, above all, it's increased her self-compassion and self-acceptance enormously. And she now understands that these blocks weren't because she was wasn't willing or smart or whatever enough, but that it stems from eons of lifetimes and that felt so powerful for her to really have the experience of that firsthand. Now, she did say, and this was great, she asked a question. She said that the higher self, in that healing, I guess, I said that the higher self closed the forever now moment sort of partially to encompass just the human kingdom journey. And she said she hadn't experienced me saying that before, and she was wondering why they did that. And it isn't any major thing it a couple three weeks ago i don't remember exactly when but fairly just a short time before that healing i did on her the higher self did that they closed i noticed that they closed now they may have done it the whole time but in that particular moment i noticed they closed it and they gave me the indication that this was just a symbolic image to let me know that the healing session was winding down. And because I did notice it then, now they're using that image for me every time when I do a healing. So that's all it means. It's just a higher self way of saying it's winding down, the session is winding down, and it happens in the private sessions now as well as the on the radio. So that's all. It's just a symbol. It's an image they give me as an indicator that because I, I see it psychically or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so that was a good question. Some of you may have wondered about that yourself, so I wanted to um, share that. Okay, now I also got an update from Robin, and Robin is on the radio, if listening, Uh she had had a healing regarding feeling less than, if you guys remember, a couple, three times ago. I think it was the healing before I left. She was about to go to a conference with 
some very big hitters in the metaphysical, self-help, spiritual, new age field. And she has been to these kind of things before. And she said she always felt so inferior, less than. She even had terror. I think she even used the word terror. Certainly a lot of fear to be in that crowd with all these people and thinking, you know, who am I compared to these people? And so she she didn't want to go to the conference with that same kind of feeling. So we did work on that for sure in that healing. And so she gets back to me, and here's what she said. So here's what happens to me in regards to my healing on feeling less less than when meeting people I look up to. The lines to meet the speakers and do book signings were huge after their talks. There were 3,000 people at the conference, she said. I only got to meet one speaker and gave him and have him sign my book. I was at the end of an hour-long line, and although I spoke up and asked a question, yay, good for you, Robin, his reception of me was polite but less than stellar. He seemed distracted, maybe tired. I was disappointed. I wanted to connect. But I learned a very important lesson from that brief interaction, a lesson that was hammered home over the weekend by many of the speakers. It was something like this. When we want and need each other's approval or attention, we are discounting our own self-love and self-value, which has to be in place first and foremost no matter what. Not everyone is going to be as receptive to us, our vibration, our message, whatever, Rather than focus on and feel bad about those who are not receptive to us, we should pay attention to and be grateful for those who do relate to us. And she said there were so many pearls of wisdom I learned this weekend. Now, she doesn't directly address whether or not she had, there was less fear and less feelings of being inferior and less than. She didn't directly um, address that. But, It seems, however, that she did have the courage to ask that question, and that is really great. And But I also, what I feel, and again, it's my feeling, and maybe she wouldn't agree with me, but it seems to me that if she had been overwhelmed by the intensity of the less than feelings, the intensity of the fears and all of that, that she, she might not have been able to focus and hear the pearls of wisdom that she did pick up because when we're entrenched in our feelings inferior and feeling less than and and wanting to hide almost, you know, being terrified, we tend to be so overwhelmed with those kind of feelings that we don't pick up much of anything else. So it feels to me like the healing helped her that she really did do some neutralizing of enough of those feelings, not that she got them all, but enough of those feelings that she was able to process the messages that she received that weekend. And for me, that's a positive thing. Now, we don't know. Maybe she would have anyway, simply because she's been doing work on herself in a lot of ways, um, in, in more than just the neutralizing. But in any case, it shows me or it feels to me like a very positive step forward because she came away really having gained from that instead of feeling bad about herself because she was so nervous or so afraid or so terrified or so less than she came away taking those pearls of wisdom and really absorbed them. So I'm excited. Um, if, if for some reason, uh, there are any more elements of that, Robin, I encourage you to send me a, uh, an email and we can continue to work on this pattern um, 
and I'm sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth, but I just got such a good hit when you started talking about what you learned. And so I felt like that you were able to really do the quote-unquote learning and connect with that information in the way you did so strongly because a lot of that other stuff you had neutralized successfully. So I was excited. All right, so today's show. Uh, By the way, I should mention that we have today also Eileen that I gave you the feedback. She has another issue um, other than the hot air balloon. So she will be coming up in the second hour The first hour, I'm going to do a healing on Karen. Now, Karen is a repeat customer. She comes and requests regularly like Robin does, and I'm always thrilled to get anybody, whether they're the first-timers or the second-timers or the tenth-timers. This is an opportunity for all of you to get a short jump. It's a short session, relatively short. Maybe it's a half hour. It gives you an opportunity to get started or to continue your journey, trying to ne- to neutralize and clear, dissolve away some of these very old energetic patterns that we've carried for eons of lifetimes. So Karen has come on before, and I welcome anybody. It doesn't matter, uh, again, if, if, if it's your first or your 50th time, I welcome it. I welcome anybody and everybody to request a healing. And in today's show, um, Karen says that she has a starvation issue. Now, I thought this was really interesting. She said one of the things that clued her in was she would become over-anxious unless there was a lot of extra food in the house. She's not a big eater, she said. She's a healthy eater, but not big. But still, she has this thought that if she's overweight, it proves to her that she's not starving. And that's interesting. I mean, she's really done some self-searching, some self-connecting, and really trying to become aware. That I mean, isn't that interesting? If I'm overweight, then it proves to her that she's not starving. And so she thought that that belief system or that idea was really preventing her from losing more any more weight. She said, um, I thought that was a reason, in quotes, not to lose too much. It was like, if she lost too much weight, not that she's really heavy, but whatever the extra poundage is, no, she would no longer have the proof that she wasn't starving. And I thought that was really interesting. Now, even if you all, the listeners, don't have that specific an issue, I want you to know that we all, trust me on this, carry or have had lifetimes where there's been great hunger. We've been in lifetimes where there was illness or uh, terrible weather or some, you know, earthquake or some um, volcano or war time or, you know, even recently being in a concentration camp or wherever, where we were beggars on the street. We've had many, many lifetimes of hardship, many, many lifetimes of hardship. There's just not anybody out here that hasn't, and all of the listeners, that haven't had issues with hunger and starvation. So even if yours doesn't manifest and you don't feel that same connection to keeping the weight on as a proof that you're not starving, 
We all have these issues. And the reason I mention this is because it's really important that all of the listeners uh, address whatever the underlying issues, neutralize the underlying issues that come up for Karen. Of course, you can always, if you're listening to it as an archive instead of live, or you can certainly pause it and if other issues come up for you. Because my guess is that some of these starvation patterns are may not be operational exactly like Karen, but could be underlying some of the overweight issues. And being overweight is relatively common here. And our heart goes out to everyone that is dealing with weight issues. It is not easy. I know I've spoken on it before, um, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I think this is an important issue, an important idea of lack that we need to move in and see what we can get on this. Uh, I'm very interested to see. Now, she asked for a second a second healing or a related healing, and she said she always has issues of abandonment, as if you know she was a baby thrown away. And I thought that was interesting because I'm thinking that the abandonment, whether it was as a child, whether it was as an adult, could also have played into the starvation situation because when we are abandoned in some very difficult lifetimes, there would be very difficult, it would be difficult many times to get food, to find uh, food to eat, depending on the situation. So she didn't connect it herself completely with the starvation issue, but immediately I saw a connection that her abandonment may have led to great hunger and that might be playing in. She's very self-aware as we can see. She's very self-aware because she figured out that somehow if she lose too much weight, it meant she was starving again. It, it, she lost the proof that she wasn't starving and so because that's very self-aware guys. She's really seeking and searching and she's digging and trying to find those belief systems that are holding her stuck. And so my guess is, even if she didn't connect it consciously, it came up for a reason. So we'll see. I could be wrong, but I will try to address both of these in the healing. And I'm hoping that um, all of you will participate. I want you, you know, you kind of know the ropes now. I want you to take, get yourself comfortable, sit in a chair, on the couch, wherever, and Take a few deep breaths and try to quiet the mind. And I'm going to do it also, right along with you guys. Whew. Take a deep breath and just simply bring the mind's eye in and focus on the physical body. I want everybody to just be aware of the position of your arms and legs, your hands and feet, how it is contacting each other. Are your legs crossed? Are they straight? Are they? Are you sitting um, with your legs up, touching the floor? The contact points between your body and whatever you're sitting or lying on, standing on. I want you to become aware. And this way, it activates the now moment because we're bringing that mind in and focusing it right on where we are right now, sitting where we are for this healing session. And I'm watching, as you probably remember, those symbolic bubbles pop out, symbol, 
pop up around the the wagon wheel. They're the now moment that is popping up for everyone. Uh, just listen to my voice. You can be aware of any sounds in the background. There could be traffic or dog barking or maybe electronic noises or people talking. Just allow those to be in the background. Focus on my voice. And in this way, we're going to activate the now moment. Be Keep in mind the now moment isn't fleeting. The higher selves help us here. They maintain the now moment for all of us. If you find your mind wandering, that's okay. It happens. No biggie. Just bring that back. Bring the focus in. Refocus on the voice. Refocus. Move back into that now moment and you'll be just fine. You, you haven't lost anything. So the, the next step is simply to expand this energetic field. Remember the now moment is an energetic field. It is not solid. Is not fleeting, is not hard to touch or reach. It is right there for us. We have created it. And I'm seeing many, many now moments around the symbolic wheel that I often use, that wagon wheel, and we're all standing on the rim, symbolic rim, because it's showing that we're all equals. Nobody's at the head. Nobody is better than anybody else. Everybody is standing around, joined in one accord. And the all of us now are expanding this now moment to include all of the past nows and all of the future nows for the totality of our soul's journey, our evolutionary journey, which starts at the mineral kingdom for all of us and continues through the plant, animal, human kingdom and beyond. So the future nows are also being created and we're all moving into this expanded, I call it the forever now moment. Sometimes I call it the eternal now moment. I can't really decide which feels right to me, but it doesn't matter what the terms are. We know what it is. The higher selves facilitate the whole expansion. The It's just a beautiful, very powerful, energetic field. We're now all standing in the middle of the forever now moment because it is encompassing the totality of our journey. And the the interesting thing is the future now part of it, and it's kind of this time-space continuum energetic field across the universe. I mean, it is very large. We've all had different experiences. We've all been born as minerals on different planets and different parts of the universe and gone through our evolutionary journey uh, in so many different ways and over such eons and eons and infinite eons of time that the forever now moment is encompassing the totality of all of our journeys. Oh, it is large. And the future now section of it, I get an, uh, an image of it's almost bubbling. It's, it's as if it's continuously growing because from moment to moment to moment, it is in the future nows are expanding. So it's very interesting energetic field. It's beautiful. It's powerful. All of us are joined in one accord in this field. And in this state, I'm asking we all focus on that pure soul essence, that pure soul essence light that we carry that some people call it divine light. Some people call it the God within. Whatever you call it, please understand that it is 
the part of us from the originating source that every single soul at every single level carries. And this pure soul essence is everything that originating source was, is, and is becoming. Because the originating source itself has the future now bubbling and expanding and growing and becoming. It is also in process. So the pure soul essence, because we're connected 24-7 from the very first moment we were born into uh, or expressed as a mineral, the we carry that pure soul essence. Each mineral carries its own pure soul essence. And that is continually on a feedback loop back and forth with the originating source 24-7. So all souls, all expressions are feeding their experiences to the originating source. The originating source is growing and becoming and learning as the souls are feeding up that way. And then in return, we all gain all that originating source has learned and become and carries the purity, the perfection, the, the knowledge, the balance, the harmony, everything at the very highest levels. It's always flowing back and forth. So that pure soul essence now, we want to expand it in through and around the totality of our beingness, and I'm seeing it happen very quickly. All of you are right on target, very used to this. Uh, there is one or two that I think are new, um, so I'm asking that those, and I don't know if it's really one or two, whether that's a symbol, but I'm asking, I'm going to explain that we want to expand the light. We want to expand that divine light that we carry in through and around the physical body, in through and around the etheric bodies, and ask that light to permeate the totality of your beingness from the time you were a mineral to the time to reach and also continue to expand as the future now keep being created because it's an infinite ongoing process of the future now being created. So, okay, that seems to be doing the trick. This light is very powerful. It's divine energy that we carry because it's divine. We have to invite it in. We have to ask it to join us because it can't trespass our free will kingdom our free will nature. We have to ask it. We have to give it permission. And that's exactly what we did. And now we're all standing this brilliant, brilliant, brilliant divine light. We're all joined in one accord again. And this divine light has filled up this time-space continuum. It is a very powerful sight and it's so big and so large. I can't even encompass it all in my mind. I just have sort of a sense of it. Now, we would like to amalgamate with the totality of our higher selves, the totality of the conglomerate higher selves. So we are amalgamating and becoming one with the totality of the higher selves, the conglomerate higher selves, which include the higher selves of myself and all of the listeners past, present, and future, and all of the higher selves that have been processing with us and uh, for the totality of our journey throughout our eons and epics of evolution that we have evolutionary journey that we have been on the the last thing that i'm going to do is i'm going to ask that we simply project into or imagine that we are now part of the pure soul essence of the originating source 
of all there is. It's as if this time-space continuum now is encompassed or encompassing the totality of all there is. It is all there is. There is nothing separate. We are all there is. We have become one with the originating source and all there is, as, and we are always one with it. But this somehow, this connection has... I, it's very difficult for me to put this into words. I hope one day I can have the words for you all. But the feeling is very powerful. And there are many, many souls here that are partaking of the light. Souls at many different levels. Mostly are souls that are unaware that they have their own light. But not only those. The This divine light of the originating source that we carry and that we are now one with and that we are now amalgamated with the originating source itself carries anything and everything that any soul could use at any level. So any soul that is ready to take in some of the energy, the information, the healing, the balance, the love, whatever they are looking for, and even if they're looking for everything, that energy, that light is here for those souls. And so there is an enormous amount of help that goes on just by this amalgamation process with the listeners. And I'm so appreciative. And I hope that some of you get the sense of it, that understand it, or see if there's anybody out there that could email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com because maybe you'll have the words. Maybe you'll have a very clear picture that will facilitate the listeners. Um, to understand better what's going on when we do this. But by doing this amalgamation with the originating source, one thing I am clear on, it allows us to do the healing at the very deepest level that we can. This whole process, the healing will address now the totality of the journey we've been on, past, present, and future now, all of the journey. And it allows us to go deeper, more um it's more efficient, more pervasive. It really reaches into some of those deeper levels. Okay, now that we're so much in la-la land, <laughs> um, I want to address Karen's issue of starvation. And right now I'm seeing the hub of the symbolic wagon wheel uh, being presented to me, and Karen's higher selves are having her move to the hub now, I already see the Rainbow Bridge energy in place. That I didn't even need to call it in, but that Rainbow Bridge energy is very much present. It allows all of us to connect with at the chakra level to the chakras of the originating source, bringing into the highest level of efficiency that we can reach at this moment all of our chakras, which are energy exchange points and allows us to do better and more efficient releasing and it releases the energy out, it takes energy in, and we can also bring in the divine energies in a more efficient way. It's a very powerful divine energy that I've introduced to you all, I think, several times now. And I see it in place, and it's as if the spokes from the rim of the wheel now are the rainbow bridges. All of us have combined our rainbow bridge <laughs> 
or we all have combined our the, the different colors from our chakras. Then they, the colors are merging at the heart center and creating a rainbowed kind of bridge or uh, cord of energy that moves to the hub and is actually creating the base for Karen to stand on. Again, this is very symbolic, but these rain, this rainbow bridge is the most balanced energy. It is very, very efficient in helping us uh, help Karen because all of us are going to be part of the healing. And, and trust me, listeners, you will also benefit from the healing. I'm, my focus is on Karen, and so it helps me to have her standing on that hub so that it makes it a little easier for me to tune in specifically for her since she did request the healing. But I want to reassure everyone that whatever energies are processing to Karen for her healing will also be processing to all of you. And I'm standing on there too, and it also helps me. Um, my focus, however, is on Karen. Now, again, she was the one that had the starvation issue, and immediately I am seeing her it's just a symbol. It's an image. The higher self, give me these images, these symbols to help me focus in, to pick up the thread of the pattern of past lives. And I see her sort of in that, you might say, uh, common or what you pose of her crawling on the ground, her legs, she's dragging her legs behind her. Her arms are the last thing that she has any energy, and she's crawling and sort of trying to get um, food, trying to get water. I, I feel a tremendous amount of thirst here, and there is great suffering, and she is alone. There doesn't seem to be anyone around that is helping her, and it's as if the struggle has been endless. It's as if it has been... Um, something that's lasted for days, if not weeks, and the deterioration has gone on for a long time, and there hasn't, there's very little hope. So for Karen and for all of you listeners, I want you to begin to release hopelessness. The hopelessness that, that you're doomed, the hopelessness that, that you'll never eat again. And there's this, I want the release, too, to be all around the experiences of lack, the experiences of depravity, the experiences of of hunger, of thirst, especially thirst. This is just feels horrible to me. This this idea of thirst um keeps coming up. And I just want the want Karen to release it into the light and as it moves into the light, it's coming out as sort of dark energies and moving into the light and being neutralized and absorbed by the light. Now, and that's what's going to happen with all of you. There's just so much light here. There's no problem. But whatever you release will be neutralized and absorbed into your own light. You don't have to worry that somebody else is going to get it. It's going to be directed. We're working in the highest ideal, remember. So you're going to be neutralizing and absorbing your stuff, each person. So I'm just... Really, and then I want the experience in the higher south. They're giving me the image of the flip book, and if for you guys who've heard me before, the flip book image for me just means there's many lives of depravity and lack, many many lives. Okay, I'm switching the 
new image, new type of life coming up. So we want, but before I get to that, I want her, I want Karen and all of us to release all lack, lack of sustenance, lack of support, lack of hope, and then all the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear, all of the fear and all of the um the despair, there's just a tremendous amount of despair here and all the events around the starvation. Okay. Keep in mind I got another symbol I gotta work with. <laughs> so I wanna put that off, but right now I'm getting deeper stuff on this first symbol. Um so I want the despair to be let go of. I want the despair the the experience of hunger. It's really painful. There's a lot of pain with thirst and hunger. And maybe at times you get used to it, but at the times when you're not used to it, there's just it's just physical pain, physical and emotional pain because it's all wrapped up in despair and hopelessness and all of that. And so I want all of that to be released. Um Okay, what I see is that she had the this lack, this 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 great discomfort. Okay, discomfort's another thing. That's just tremendous discomfort. There's discomfort, physical discomfort, emotional discomfort. There's just all of this discomfort because of this just basic lack of being able to feed ourselves. It's basic lack, and I do see coming from this a real skepticism a real uh a real cynicism that there's any kind of god there is this absolute it's so horrific in some of these lives there's this absolute skepticism and cynicism that there is a god how could there be a god if there is a god he's not a god i want to be part of because what this is a punishment. This is unreal. Not, not, not something anybody should endure. So I want that whole cynicism and skepticism and disgruntled and frustration and anger. There's a lot of anger and rage here at this God. And I don't know what the God was in that life or those lives because there were probably multiple gods, but. There was a lot of cynicism about that. There's also a lot of um, despair and anger, rage at the perpetrators for why Karen is in this situation. And I do see her as mostly female in these lives, but I'm not saying that there weren't male lives. For, for whatever reason, they feel female to me. But she's also got a lot of rage toward the quote-unquote perpetrators, the people who put her in this situation. And this is where I think at least in part, the abandonment issue comes up because she was, just as I thought maybe was true, but I do see abandonment issues here. I see betrayal issues. Um, Even in times where her great lack was not from abandonment and betrayal, but from, say, a, a natural disaster or an epidemic that wiped out a lot of people, or maybe a war that killed off 90%, and she was left alive with no way to sustain herself or people around her. 
no matter what the cause, there there is also, I mean, even if it wasn't directly she was abandoned or she was um, betrayed, there is that, and I'm really asking you, Karen, to release that abandonment issue because it is, it's a pretty big beacon, and I want you to release that, that abandonment. By beacon, I mean it's deep in there, and... Um, it is connected to this pattern of starvation. I'm sure it's connected to other patterns. But in, so in any case, I want you to, even if you can't connect it consciously with the starvation, your starvation issue, I want you to begin to release abandonment and betrayal. But in addition, I keep trying to get there, there is this terrible blame, not only toward those who may be caused you to be betrayed or abandoned like i feel there's some times you were exiled from the society from the culture you were um you were pushed out of the gate so to speak and are you were left behind i see instances where you were left behind where the tribe or the town or whatever you were part of got up and left and you were left behind for some reason. I do see, oh, this is interesting. I do see that sometimes the abandonment was because you were unable to take care of yourself and it was such a harsh environment. They had to leave aside the week, so to speak, because otherwise it would have meant that no one would survive. And this is actually not that uncommon in in some of the societies, the more traditional tribal societies on this planet, when it's very, very harsh environment, sometimes the old get left behind. Um, sometimes the slow or the weaker get left behind because otherwise it would hold everyone back and maybe the, the, the attackers, so to speak, would catch up to the whole group or maybe the they wouldn't reach the food sources in time and everybody would starve. So there were times where, um, I, I see that very clearly, where you were left behind for reasons that people weren't against you so much, but I do see a time actually where you were paralyzed and you were left behind, and it is related to this life that I see you crawling with your legs on the ground. You were unable to walk and it was um yeah okay you were unable to walk and the bearers you had to be carried and it was very slow process i don't see horses or wagons or things like that so this was in a in a place where they didn't have that kind of mode of transportation and you were physically carried by people and everybody was getting weak and hungry and they could no longer carry you so you were left behind in order to enable the group to um, keep moving forward to find food. Now, for you, though, even though there was a decent, quote-unquote, decent reason to leave you behind, there's just because of the horror of being left behind, whether it was that particular life or any other kind of life, any other life where you were abandoned or betrayed or uh, left behind due to disease or war, you had great rage not only at the God, but also at the perpetrators. And there is a lot of bitterness here. I feel a lot of bitterness. You may not feel it at all in your conscious mind um, because in this life, there would maybe the bitterness didn't play out in, in a certain way, so you're conscious of it. Maybe you've had it now and then, and it's just a little bit 
kind of like my shame. I used to think, oh, I don't have any shame. And then it turned out I did. And so um, I wasn't conscious of it at all in the beginning. And I did more digging and more healing. And I unearthed a lot. So I don't know if you have it in your conscious mind, but I'm definitely feeling bitterness. And I want you and everybody to release the bitterness. Just let it go. It's coming out of the heart. And it is like an anchor anchoring you in a certain way, anchoring you in this past experiences. This bitterness is the anchor. And I want you to visualize an actual anchor in your heart area. And I want you to see, you know, like a a boat anchor. And I'm seeing the prongs or whatever you call those things that dig into the sand. I see the prongs digging into your heart. It's with a shaft that comes out of that heart center that the prongs are attached to. And I see it there. And not only is it an anchor, it's also a beacon. It's holding you stuck. Oh, this is so interesting. And it's calling forth experiences. It's drawing to you experiences that make you feel like you're going to have lack or you do lack or you would have lack. It's I, it's hard for me to put the words around it, but it's both an anchor and it's holding you there and it's continuing to beam out and it's an anchor magnetically drawing to you experiences that are going to prove your beliefs to be right. And it has something to do with all this starvation misconceptions it's confused and complex and convoluted in here i don't see it exactly but boy we want to neutralize this little thing it's not so little it's big it's a big anchor it feels like an anchor to a luxury liner you know one of those big old things and so i want you to symbolically and maybe everybody in the circle because we all have anchors so we're going to we're going to connect the healing with Karen to our own anchors. So we're going to help Karen and symbolically because we only have two hands. Um, we're also holding on to our own anchors and we're helping ourselves. So I want everyone to symbolically reach to Karen's anchor. It's extending out in a great long shaft. Okay. Now because she's in the center of the circle. It seems a little odd, but somehow everybody has their hands on that shaft. And those hands, as well as Karen's, we're all going to help you neutralize this anchor. And I just want you to understand this anchor is present from eons of lives. And it is that we are healing. I can feel it attached to the anchors of so many prior past lives, and it's also projecting into the future. So by pulling it out, we are taking out something. It's a stuck place that that you've had for a really long time. And for some reason, it made itself really clear to me when I got to the bitterness. All right, so now we've all got our hands around that shaft, and I want everyone to start pouring in the neutralizing light. And the shaft immediately is becoming smaller. Now, because it's becoming smaller, we can get our hands around it better, and we can grip on it better, and I want everyone to begin pulling. But before we pull, we want to send the light down into the prongs. I don't know what you call those things, the, the tines or the 
barbs or whatever you you call those curving back things and we want to send the light in there we're going to ask the higher self to please direct the light to allow the pulling out of the anchor and so we're going to all now i see the light going out the prongs now okay they're uncurling they're unfurling but as they unfurl it's really clear to me that they're attached to sort of deep roots that permeate the past and the and the future now so there's a lot still there. It's like pulling out a gigantuan tree that has a root system that's, that goes to the edges of the state line. I mean, 360 degrees, it, it just goes forever. And so, but it's not undoable. So we're going to do this. We want to pull this bitterness out, this rage, this abandonment, this lack, this whatever it is and all that it is, known and unknown direct and indirectly related to this pattern, and I want everybody to start to pull. Okay, and I'm going to call in all the energies that we need to help begin to dissolve, and oh, I want to call that divine WD-40 to allow the pulling to be easier. It kind of oils the passageway, so to speak, and allows the it allows us to pull, and it, you're doing good. Everybody is really helping you, Karen. You're helping yourself. We're all chipping in here. And I am, as I glance around the circle, I am seeing anchors from around the circle. It's as if this symbol now represents all of our anchors. So there is, you might all be experiencing something in the heart center because it's a very powerful uh, thing that's going on right now. There's a very, very powerful um, release going on and so wow yikes okay it just keeps pulling out there's just more and more and i'm asking the light to keep penetrating down allowing the um this anchor thing and all of its roots and tendrils to be pulled out and brought into the light and be neutralized okay Okay, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Um, keep pulling, everybody. Keep keep, um, keep it up, Karen. You're doing great. And Karen, I want, I'm calling in divine love and divine understanding, divine clarity of vision and expanded perception. Because that anchor was there because of a lot of misunderstandings. The the time periods, the societies, the cultures you were in just had limited concepts available. And so there was not the understanding about how things work that we have in this day and age on this planet. So the there's just rampant misunderstanding. Rampant. And there's a lot of blame. Blame is coming up now. Blame of others and blame of the self, and blame of God. All of that blame, all of that judgment, all of that bitterness, all of that externalizing, because there was no other way. Nobody understood that anything we did could be caused, could be the cause of all these terrible things that happened. You were a good person in these lives. It had nothing to do with you being... um, a bad person in quotes because nobody's really bad, but a a somebody who did misdeeds. It had nothing to do with that. The um, 
it was just based on very difficult times where the understanding, the perception was so, so low frequency that you, as we all did in those times, we took on very, very deep misunderstandings. There's a lot of complexity here, but I am seeing a whole bunch of stuff coming out. I'm seeing now this sort of, it looks kind of like a tumbleweed, but a lot, I mean, tumbleweeds are light and <laughs> um, float really easily. This is much more substantial, but it's all these interlocking sort of a bulb or ball. And I want to have everybody send in the light to this and try to, and it's kind of a stopper, so to speak. It's just slowing down the pulling out of the, the continued pulling out of all of this stuff. So I want everyone to send in the divine love and the divine acceptance and the divine gratitude because all of this part of you, um, it was just the best you could do, the best understanding you had, the best way you could handle things. And it's part of you. All of these misunderstandings you created, each of us creates our own by thought by action, by emotional response. We are creating our own energetics that then stay in our energetic field lifetime after lifetime. And then they get more and more complex, more and more convoluted, more and more this, because each lifetime we add to them. We complicate them. So this is one, and at the end, you're doing a good job. I feel that big bush, that big ball of yuck, coming out and that was really good now I'm seeing it's it's a lot less now I see there's a lot less um, I'm I'm asking that some divine understanding divine balance and harmony divine love and divine joy and divine hope move down in symbolically into the places that have been left empty by all that you've been releasing um, divine healing there's still some pain in the heart center. It's just with a lot of pain on many different levels, as as we discussed. It's emotional, it's physical, it's psychological, but just tremendous amount of pain. And anything else that's under there that was driving the pattern, that was part of the pattern, that was foundational to the pattern, we want all of that stuff to be released. Okay. Now there's another aspect That's still ongoing, but you've really done a lot. There's another aspect to this, and that's the second symbol that I got. I don't know why the higher selves gave it to me early on, but they did, and it was um, very interesting, and I have not forgotten it. Thank you. Um, The symbol I got was lifetimes where you were what might be considered very zoftic. You were very... uh, very round and fleshy and as a feminine and you were very it was in societies where having the weight was very um, it, it signified wealth that you were doing well that you were well taken care of it was also seen as very sexual and it was very enticing and alluring it was very um, what's who's the renaissance Anyway, you know the Renaissance painter I'm talking about, Rubens, was it? Was it Rubens that had these very, uh, you know, the idea of being slender and 
sexy that we have around now is was not in every culture and this culture you were quite large you would probably be considered maybe not obese but close to being obese in this life but there it was i can see the beauty the symbolic beauty that the the culture you were in was believed and felt and was so attracted to this beauty of the woman who was very curvy, curvaceous, and um, well-fed. And you played it up in this life. You knew how beautiful you were. You knew you were alluring. You knew that uh, this was your way to security because you were able to draw men in and support in because you had that, what was considered the beauty symbol. So perfect. You were also beautiful in the face. Um, I don't see your face exactly, but, but I get the sense that it was beautiful. Your hair was beautiful. You were just, you were, you were just beautiful. Okay. But what's significant about this is that you had lives where you didn't have lack, where you experienced the other side of lack. And what this has done is it's created, it's, it's almost the other end of the pendulum when we want to be somewhere in the middle the it's created this part of you that values have being extra having extra weight that sees it and knows that not only does it show that you're well off and supported and that you're wealthy but it also ensures that you continue to be well off and supported and wealthy so there's these very very positive feelings about having extra weight, about having and fulfilling the society's ideal of beauty. Because you were, you, and this symbol I'm getting, and I don't know if it's just a symbol or a specific life, but there's more than one of these kind of things where you had, um, I see I see another life uh, or another symbol where you had given birth to many children, and in that life, the you were maybe what you would consider, you know, some people, some women who have a lot of children, they tend to never lose the weight each time and they become sort of that loving uh, mama, so to speak, the, you know, the one that feeds the brood and engulfs the family in her huge embrace. And so you have that side too. I mean, it's very interesting. It's a whole different idea. But that's that life or that type of life also has em, empowered this belief system that being overweight and being big and being large has all these positive benefits. People from far and and round, I see, are drawn to you. Your family is large. You are happy. You are joyful. You are surrounded by your children and your grandchildren and your children's uh, spouses and their parents. I mean, you, you, it's just this community of very big love and support. And because you have this community, you feel safe. You feel safe that nothing is going to happen to you because if one person or five people for some reason can't take care of you, there's another 30 or 40 or 50 that can. So there's safety in numbers. There's safety in the 
this environment that you've built for yourself. So that too plays into this pattern. What we want to do is we want you to begin to neutralize the this feeling of you know attaching safety and security because both of those kind of patterns are related to that safety and security by being overweight okay um just a sec okay the it's just so interesting because it's coming from both sides and i it feels to me uh that there's been maybe a bounce back and forth. So you've had some lives of lack and some lives of, you know, uh, trying to get away from the lack and ensure that you will always have the food and the the support that you were that you lacked and the lacking. And so I see kind of this bounce back, but it's kind of holding you in a the belief systems that are present on both sides are holding you in a place that's not, you're not happy there. It's too scary. There's too much possibility that something will go wrong. And the, in fact, the the situations with the, having the extra weight, there were some downsides. There are some regrets in those lives for example in the one where you're the beautiful woman there is regret because at some point you lose your beauty okay and now you feel like you have nothing else you feel like you have nothing else that's um that's going to give you that safety and all that insecurity and all that worry and all that fear floods back and so I want you again to release fear. I want you to release the 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 belief system that is built around the the idea that that the weight for whatever reason, for whatever your beliefs are, all of them that are connected to the weight that that's your security. That's your safety valve. That's your guarantee that you're going to be um you won't experience lack because it's a false belief in the sense that something can happen to you. And you can, you know, by being overweight and being the big mama, and I'm not saying this, but you could have a heart attack. You could have, um, you could die young. You could fall out of a, off a bridge. I mean, who knows? You could be trampled by a horse or I'm making it up because I'm not seeing it, but but the weight isn't actually any kind of guarantee. It's just built into this belief system because you're going to the other side of the pendulum to avoid the lack. And so there are parts of you because you're not any, you're a smart lady and you realize at some level that it isn't really a guarantee and then all the fear and the insecurity comes up again. So I want you to release the fear and the insecurity. There is a lot of fear here because you have really suffered on the other end of the pendulum. And so there's um, there's just a lot of fear. There's terror. There's uh, isolation. You have a I feel a sense of isolation because bottom line... There's a disconnection with the self, and that disconnection with the self and the insecurities because of it, the fears, there's there's not a full connection to others. So 
just really interesting. I want you to release the disconnection with the self, the lack of self-love, and the whole idea that the shoe can drop out of any corner. You can be hit out of left field because the fear of the unknown is here too. That no matter whether you're overweight or not, anything can hit it blindside us. So I want you to release all of that too. And this tends to come up a lot. We all feel that. We've all had these, you know, blindsided kind of situations and conditions in our lives. And so I want everybody to release that, the fear of the unknown, the fear that something bad will happen, um, and all the anxiety and the stress behind it, all of that. And what I'm seeing, interestingly enough, is I'm seeing what I saw with you on these two ends of this symbolic pendulum, and I'm now seeing the two of you coming down. It's as if now you're maybe not quite in the center of the pendulum, but you've moved down and the swing is much more, uh, much less. It's not so extreme one end to the other. And so I, what I want to do is I want to just keep working on just a little, although I've got to go to my other healing. Um, I want you to release, keep releasing known and unknown, anything and everything. And I want you to see if we can get you to merge these two sides of you. I'm asking the higher self to please help with this because I have to move on to the second healing. I've gone over. Um, And they are indicating that they are going to continue to help you with the releases and the healing is going to continue. I'm going to check back in with you uh, after I do the next healing and see if I can see if it's come together at the bottom. Even if it hasn't, you've really, really moved a lot. There's been so much, and I want to thank all the listeners that have helped with that big anchor thing. And, of course, we've you've helped yourself. We've all helped each other. It's very... Um, we're joined in one accord, and we're all here for one another, and it's just really terrific. So... I want to thank everybody. And the higher selves are indicating to me that they are bringing you back, Karen, to the rim of the wagon wheel. This is not to say that your healing is over. It is still in process, and I will check in with you at the end. Now I need to go on to Eileen. And she, the higher selves are holding us in this state of the eternal now moment while I tell you briefly what Eileen's healing is about. It's also a very interesting one, and but it's very specific to her, but I will explain how it's going to be absolutely relevant to all of us too. Okay, now she has a an issue with her mandible. Now the mandible is the lower jaw. And remember, Eileen is the one that comes from the Netherlands. So she said that she's been working on developing her singing voice over the years. And right now, the the main challenge that remains is that her mandible wants to extend forward while she's singing. And but it ha- she said it's supposed to remain relaxed and not forward, so that the sound of her singing voice could be more harmonious and pure. So. When she practices the singing, she practices it by pushing the mandible back physically. And this is helping, but she said it's good for her training, but it doesn't help when she's singing 
singing in front of others. So she said that she was discussing it with her singing teacher, and the teacher said that it might be another area for her to explore if maybe there was some sort of subconscious or energetic connection having to do with what she hasn't been allowed to say. Now, I mean, I thought that, hey, how this is so great that this idea is out everywhere that a lot of our issues or our patterns have an energetic underlying foundation. So that was so exciting. And she thought of me, so she thought maybe I could help her release whatever the tension is, whatever the reason was that she had this tendency to extend the mandible forward as she sang. Um, so she can sing with more ease and she's more relaxed and has the richness of the sound. Now, um, I'm glad that Eileen asked for healing on it. And I want everybody to think that even if you're not a singer or you don't, you are a singer, but you don't have the same issue with a mandible moving forward, I don't want anyone to think that they wouldn't be benefited by actively participating in this healing. Um, this is actually a great example or great exercise for those of you who are wondering how could it relate to me when I don't have those issues. And the reason why I can relate to everybody is whatever those issues are, and I don't know yet because I haven't gone in, um, they're going to be based on those misunderstandings, misinterpretations, emotional issues, all of those things that I bring out in all the healings. And even if, you know, we're all snowflakes, we've all had hugely different experiences, but there's enough commonality that the underlying issues we will have carried forward um we would have carried, they're part of the manifestation. So even if my manifestation is I'm not a singer so I don't, and I don't have that mandible issue, whatever the underlying causes are would be affecting me in other ways. And it's the same for Eileen. Even if we can't help directly on the mandible after one short session, it doesn't mean that we aren't helping her with, the, you know, release and neutralize the underlying issues. Maybe she needs more healing on specifically on the mandible thing. But in any case, it's the same for all of us listeners. Okay? We all have these underlying issues. They manifest in different ways. They affect us in different ways. But hey, let's all be active participants, even though we don't have her specific issue. Okay. So let's see what comes up with Eileen. And I have a caller here um, that comes up as 1111, and I'm wondering if it's Eileen. If it is you, hello and welcome. You've timed it perfectly because I'm about to start on you. But if it's someone else, I welcome you in any case, no matter who the caller is. So, um, all right. Okay, the higher selves have indicated that the forever now moment is in place. We are all standing fully amalgamated with that pure soul essence light that we have that's extended throughout this this forever now space. We're also joined in one accord. We are also amalgamated with the conglomerate higher selves. And also we are standing within the pure soul essence of the originating source of all there is. We are at that center point accessing the totality of all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. And 
now the Rainbow Bridge has created again the hub of the wheel. It's interesting, but it's moved. I had seen it sort of off-center to the left. I don't know why. When Karen was on it now, it's moving more to the center. And the higher south are bringing uh, Eileen over to... Okay. Well, this is interesting. What I'm getting immediately for you, Eileen, which is not something I was expecting or had even thought of, is I see you in a life where you actually had a deformed face. I see you, it's almost like a kind of dwarfism or something like that. You're deformed not just in the face, but you're deformed everywhere. And that, there was a whole thing with the mandible being very thrust forward, you had issues with talking, you had issues with eating, you also were scorned and shunned and belittled, berated, uh, just terrible things because you looked awful. And it reminds me of that Operation Smile that goes in, it's a active body of volunteers that go into countries all over the world to help fix the the split lips. I, I don't know what you call it. I you know, think the name that comes for me is the hair lip, but I don't know if they call that the hair lip anymore. It feels like a really old denigrating name, but you know the kind where the palate is split and it, the poor kids, they can't talk right, they can't. They look funny and people make fun of them. But this is way beyond that because your whole body is deformed, but that jaw, for some reason, is tremendously enlarged. It's, it looks um, absolutely, it's just such a disfigurement. And I don't know why that you came out this way, but you're short. I feel your life is fairly short in this lifetime, but the the absolute horror you experienced in this life um, was, was, it was really horrible, and you suffered greatly. You were, uh, okay, I see your parents giving you up. They, it was some society where you know, when we know about these kind of things where kids that were born with deformities or maybe had some mental condi- condition or a physical condition were hidden away in institutions and things like that, uh, I think you probably know that the for many of the listeners, there was somebody, and I can't remember his name, but they called him the elephant man. His parents put him in the sideshow of the circus when he was very young, like three or four, and he grew up in the circus. And this is the kind of thing that happened to you. You were given away by your parents. The deformities were horrible. I don't see a circus life. I'm not seeing exactly where you went. But it it doesn't matter. The point is that the shame was horrific. You had no support. You were in pain. You were isolated. There was very, very little positive coming back from you. I'm wondering how you even got fed um, it, it just really is, well, okay, well, what I'm seeing is that there were gifts and talents that you have that you developed. I'm not sure yet what it is. Maybe that will come in. There was something that you had. I think you became like an entertainer. 
of some sort. You were able to parlay your disfigurement into comedy, perhaps, maybe something like a jester, a court jester or something, but it's not that exactly. But I see that you were able to become an entertainer. Maybe you, you became part of a troupe of actors. This is old-time stuff, not recent, um, but you were able to somehow, in your pattern, you were able to uh, connect in a with a band of people and others who were in a, not exactly the same, but some similarities. So in some way, there was some support, some um, some connection, some help from others, and but deep underlying all of this, despite the the entertainment value that you provided, and you were very creative. There's something extremely creative about what you did, because you had to turn ugliness into comedy. And you'd experienced being having been totally shunned and totally turned aside because of your looks. You had to be creative to find a way to make fun of the look. And you did. You were extremely creative, extremely, but it was a facade. All that comic, all that entertainment side of you... Um, belied the despair and the sadness and the grief and the isolation and the loneliness underneath. And I want you to begin to release that, Eileen. You may not be able to to understand it at all, but the entertainment side, there is gift and talent here. There is creativity. Um, It doesn't surprise me that you have the singing voice. I don't believe you sang in this particular lifetime because of the deformity of the jaw. You may have uh, been adept at, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting this, but I don't know if it's this particular life, but I do feel you were adept at some lives at imitating animals and birds. I do feel like there was um, a great ability to use your voice in these ways. Uh, However you used your voice in this deformed lifetime played into the the entertainment value that you had. And um, I think you did a lot of mimicking of things. I think there was mimicry, a lot of mimicry in this life. And you were very good at it. You were very adept at it. And it played into this entertainment value. Now, I want you to release, though, um, all the idea of the pain, the suffering, the isolation, and the belief of ugliness. There's a belief that you are ugly and unlovable and unacceptable. Uh, all that shunning, all the being cast out by your family itself into whatever this band was. And I don't know if it was right away. I don't see it as an infant, but I do see it at some point. It feels like the older you got, the more the deformity grew. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. Sneezing right in the middle of that. Um, So at some point, the shunning and the scorn and the bitter attacks and the making fun of you. I mean, it it makes the bullying that we experience today almost seem uh, 
like nothing, though it isn't, and I'm not trying to minimize the bullying that goes on today, but the, 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 the cruelty, the cruelty was horrific, and it wasn't a few people. It was really the society around you. It was, it was really horrific. So you, you experienced just tremendous pain, tremendous isolation, tremendous feelings of rejection and hurt, and yet somehow the you were able to find some this band of entertainers that traveled around and you were able to develop this ability to mimic to bring comic relief to utilize your deformity in a way that that enabled you at least to survive and to live i don't feel like you lived that long um my guess is you probably only lived maybe into your 20s it's really hard for me to tell. I don't see that as clearly as some people who can pick up past lives. But in any case, I want you to release all that feeling of isolation. And also that facade. You had to wear a facade of I'm okay all the time, even with these, this band. And most of the others in the band probably had to wear that facade too. Because once you allowed that sense of isolation, that sense of despair, that sense of I'm ugly to fully flower, you know, you would have been drowned in it. So I want you to release all of that so that facade actually helped you too. It helped you get through your days. It was a coping mechanism. It was it allowed you to function and and address what you needed to address in order to survive. And so I really want you to release all of that facade, all of that, the pain, the isolation, the feeling of ugliness, the feeling that you are, you're just not worth anybody's attention. And the desperation that you felt, there was a great desperation and and some of that is behind the creativity that you carry within because desperation absolutely led you to develop this creative side for yourself because that was your way to to be able to find a place where you could at least have shelter and food. And um, that desperation, though, we don't want to tie it with your creativity. You have true creativity. You carry great gifts and talents in the creative area. But we don't want des- desperation to be tied with that. We don't want your creativity or any kind of belief to feel like in order to be creative, you have to be desperate. Sometimes we hook these things together. And so I really want you to release the whole idea of desperation, me- And the only way you're going to be creative and utilize that gift and talent that you have, the many gifts and talents, is by being desperate. We want to to release it. And so I'm I'm seeing you begin to release that. You may not relate to the desperation thing. I don't know. Um, But I definitely see it tied in. And whenever we tie something together like that, it's really hard to become creative without also addressing the or fully manifest the creativity without also addressing the 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 tie-in and in this case it's this desperation so i want you to release it and i'm seeing it pouring out of you the desperation 
is deep. Um, this lifetime, it's probably not the only lifetime tied into this pattern, but it is a very significant one. It's one that I would call sort of the perfect storm lifetime. You probably had lifetimes before that had some isolation patterns that had some quote-unquote deformities in some way or some quote-unquote ugliness in some way. Um, and something, I, I don't get the whole thing, the higher self are indicating that it's not important for me to understand the whole journey that brought you to that lifetime, but it was major for you. And so I trust me when I say I'm now sending in divine light to literally encase the totality of your body. And I'm as in that symbolic ugliness in quotes, and I want the light to create divine perfection of the physical body. And I want that light to literally re-sculpt that body. And I don't know why I'm calling it in, but I'm calling in divine jaw. And I'm watching that big jaw literally begin to shrink. It's, it's a symbol here, but what we're doing is we're trying to re- Dissolve the old from that life and recreate the new. Recreate this new image from that life. The image of perfection of the physical body. And I'm seeing you symbolically in that life growing taller. The jaw is definitely shrinking. Things are moving into more balance and more normalcy. I'm seeing the arms getting longer, the legs getting longer, the torso itself. There's you're standing up straight. There was a there was some distortion in how you stood with the head sort of um I don't know how to explain it, but it was not perfectly straight up and down. And that is beginning to we want to call in divine spine, divine bone. And I really want this image to become normal. And as that image is working, it's superimposing itself from the light into that physical body of that symbol. Again, it's symbolic, but it's very real healing. We are also, I'm also seeing you continuing to release the despair and the sense of ugliness. I want you to continue to release that sense of ugliness and all that's attached to it, known and unknown because you are as pure and perfect and beautiful as each and every soul. And it's just simply the perception, the viewpoint that you took on in that life that was so powerful. And there's a lot of grief here. There's a lot of grief because there was very little personal intimacy with anyone, with parents, with children, with a, with a significant other. Intimacy was absolutely uh, non, not here in this life. There was no real deep connection love. You had comrades, so to speak, and all of you interreacted, interacted with from that facade thing going on. There was no real depth of connection. And so I really want to work on having you release um, lack of intimacy in your life, and I don't know, again, if this plays out in your current life, but honestly, if something comes up for me, it's important to release so I uh, and neutralize. So I want you to let go of any 
lack of intimacy, any lack of connection with the self and with others, whether it's intimate friends or an intimate a significant other or with parents or siblings or anything. I want you to release any issues, any lack of intimacy, any disconnection with the self and with others. I'm not sure exactly how it would play out, but I really feel the void here. There's this void where you never have that closeness and you took that void with you when you laid aside the body. You took that void with you, that that emptiness. So I want you to release all of that emptiness because it did play out in following lifetimes. And again, I don't know how many or from when or whatever, but it's still there whether you're experiencing it or not consciously. I want you to release that void, that emptiness, that lack of intimacy, that feeling like having real intimacy, having a a significant other perhaps, or having the intimacy with your parents or with your children or with your siblings or your friends, that it's unreachable because you're always thinking there's a void. You're always sensing, feeling. It's the beacon of it's drawing in relationships that will not bring in that true intimacy. So we want all that void. We want all of that emptiness, all of that disconnection, how known and unknown, direct and indirect, however it plays out. And I'm feeling this big sort of hole inside, this big sense of emptiness there. I'm asking you to just see it, sense it, release it, move it out into the light, allowing it to, even though it, feels empty, it really isn't empty. It's full of that despairing, that belief, that, that that lack. Lack is a real thing, even though it's using the word lack, you think, oh, well, maybe it really isn't there, but it isn't. You, There's a lack here around intimacy, and I want you to release that lack, all the lack, all the void, all the feeling of being empty, all the disconnection and all of the causes, all the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the misinterpretations. Whew. Wow. Okay. I'm seeing this symbol of you physically has become very beautiful. And the interesting thing is I'm seeing it both as the male and the female. You were male in that life. Um, not female in that life where you were ugly and where you perceived yourself as being ugly um, because of the deformities and the but you're I'm seeing the symbol now is both healing that male you and also healing the you now as the female so I'm seeing both it's very interesting I don't I don't know that I've actually gotten that symbol exactly like that but it's really beautiful. There's this um, very good feeling I have about it. But I want to just see this emptiness thing. Yeah, it's still moving out. I see it coming sort of out of the stomach area for some reason. Um, I want you to just 
keep saying, I am releasing all the emptiness, all the disconnection, all the lack, all the lack of intimacy, the lack of connection, the lack of uh, the belief in the lack, the belief that you don't deserve, that you can't have it, because it, it comes from, at least in part, from this lifetime where you couldn't conceive of having any intimacy because of your deformities. And while that gets, it's coming out, it's still coming out, I want to address the singing and the jaw issue. Uh, I would like to simply have you visualize or um, imagine yourself opening up your mouth dropping your jaw and releasing all the tension. You can see it coming out of the jaw itself where the lower mandible connects with the upper part of the jaw. I think it's right in front of the ear somewhere. Um, I want you to to visualize stress and strain and the habit of extending the jaw when you sing. Okay, that's the habit. The and all of the emotional and misun- emotional connections and misunderstandings, I want you to also see it coming out of the throat and out of the mouth. And I want you to just continually release, and I'm seeing a lot of it, you're doing a good job, I'm seeing a lot of it coming out of the throat, out of the mouth, and out of almost the ears, but I feel it's almost out of the joint there. I don't know whether you use that extension of the jaw is part of your mimicry. You actually made it funnier by making it more enhanced. You already have the extended big and large jaw, but I think in some of your mimicry, you actually use that extension to make it funny, to exaggerate even what you were. And the, oh, you know what I'm sensing here? There was a lot of courage you had in that life. There was just a tremendous amount of courage. You could have rolled up into a ball, killed yourself, you know, whatever. I don't know. But you had a lot of courage in that life, and I'm really getting the sense of it now, that you had the courage to step forward and draw attention to yourself. You did it in order to to survive, but it actually took a lot of courage. And I'm going to call on divine courage to intensify that and allow you the courage to release all of that pain, all of that emptiness, all of that, all of the issues known and unknown that are coming out that have to do with mimicry, with expression, with creativity. And I'm calling on divine courage again and also divine the divine yes to the beauty of the self, the divine yes and the divine creativity to and divine expression and divine balance and all of that so that there's no need to recreate something that you needed in umpty ump lifetimes ago in this, this very uh, difficult lifetime. So I want you to release all of that. And again, it may not have actually been a specific life. It could have, this could just be a symbol that is the higher self often do that give me sort of a conglomerate life. 
But in any case, it was powerful. It does feel like an actual lifetime, but I'm smart enough to know that sometimes we get a, I get a combination within one symbol. In any case, it was very powerful. This symbol is expressing a lot of power that you've been carrying. And, oh, okay, I'm really feeling a clearing coming out of your third eye chakra area. It's as if there is some clarity of vision coming through. It's just like you released a whole bunch of gunk where you misperceived things. There's a lot of misunderstandings, and there were a lot of blocks here that helped you, in a way, hold on to this old issue in various ways. And I don't know how conscious it was, but that's beginning to clear, too. I'm really feeling a lot of clarity moving in. I'm going to call in, again, divine clarity of vision, divine understanding, divine expanded perception, um, and divine empowerment for for the moving into the balance and harmony that I'm seeing expressed in the symbolic uh, healing that I shared with you uh, earlier, how both the female and the male I'm seeing moving into that state of balance. Okay. I want to call in again divine expression, divine music, divine song, anything and everything to allow you to express the music that you carry, that gift that you carry in its purity and its perfection and its richness, as you said. So I'm seeing it all happening. Again, you're in process, and while you're processing, I'm just going to shift back quickly to Karen. And I am seeing a huge shift in that big empty thing. Wow. It's almost down to, it's just a little tiny pocket left. So I want you to continue to work on releasing it. Just say, I'm releasing that pocket. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that, um, you know, whatever in your heart or whatever you connect with. Uh, I don't need that disconnection, that hurt, that emptiness, uh, that abandonment. Whatever is part of that pocket that we came up with, I want you to just continue to release. And you're still doing a good job. It is coming out. And I am seeing now the two of you even closer to the center of the nadir or the bottom of the arc of the pendulum. So this is really good. You've moved even closer, which means the patterns of those extremes have really been, a lot has been neutralized. I'm not sure um, that we can do it all in one session, but you've done a really good job, Karen. And there should be some shift in some of this for you um, I mean, I'm truly hoping that there will be. I'm also now tuning back into Eileen. And Eileen, yours is all processing really well. Um, I'm feeling the whole top half of your head is expanding. There was something very limited 
from that life that was holding you and there's this great expansion I'm feeling in the, the I don't know why it's the top half of your head but it's fabulous it's exciting it's huge maybe it's more of that hot air balloon <laughs> you're expanding even more into the higher and higher frequencies um there's more openness more willingness to step forward um any kind of performance, if you have this deep underlying connection to your ugliness, any kind of performance would be, there'd be more resistance, more nervousness, more um, limited, limiting from the sense of being ugly because it's hard to perform when deep down we have a sense of ugliness um, or not being worth you know, not caring enough worth that people could actually enjoy our performance or our singing. So I do feel that there could very well be an expansion around your singing, around your performing, whether it's simply for your family or friends or whether you actually go out and perform in, in some sort of club or uh, on the radio or anything. I'm seeing some expansion. I would encourage you to listen to this both of you actually to, to listen a second time to the healing and continue with it moving even deeper um, the higher self have just given me that <laughs> just popped right in this symbol that they use where they, they show me a shrinkage of the forever now moment I don't believe it actually shrinks it might but it is moving in. It's coming in from my peripheral vision. I see it shrinking. It's the indication that these two sessions are over or drawing to a close. And I would like the higher self to please um, encompass both the healies today and everybody else that needs it in the, that cocoon of energy that allows for the processing to continue and for us all to acclimate to what has been going on so it doesn't hit us like a truck or something. Um, I want them to to do that, and I see that happening. Everybody is being placed into the healing circle, which allows them um, access to continue to uh, monitor the healings uh, for everybody, uh, and especially for Karen and Eileen. I want to thank... Karen and Eileen, so much for allowing me to do the healings. I really want to thank them so much. It's really fabulous and allows help for everybody, past, present, and future listeners. And, you know, certainly any feedback is always welcome because it, it helps me share with the listeners what happened for them happened with you guys and then they can see oh yeah well that's kind of what I felt too and so then the listeners can kind of relate to the healings and understand them at a deeper level so my email address is Janet at JanetRichmond.com please email me questions feedback anything requests for healings I just really appreciate all of the all that happens in the Wednesday this Wednesday radio show. And next week, we're going to have, I'll give you a little preview of coming attractions. We have a healing with Denise. She's requested two healings, uh, one on her daughter who's had major heart 
issues since she was three years old or three days old, and also the idea of living with possible death, the grief from death, the, the, the going through the dying process with somebody else because her daughter um, came close to dying uh, more than once. And so it, it's a really sort of two interrelated healings. On the one hand, I'm going to work on her daughter herself and then on the emotional issues that Denise and all of us have when faced with people who are dying or who have died. So it should be a very powerful session next week. And But again, uh, do email me and let me know if you want a healing uh, after next week. Okay? So that's it. I wish you all a wonderful week. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's it for today. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints. I'm sorry, I just ended a radio show. What's up? I'm Janet. Uh, this is Sadie at Women's International Pharmacy. Oh, yes, Sadie, thank you. Hi. Yeah, we were just going to let you know that we contacted the doctor's office for authorization for your prescription, and they denied it. They want you to be seen first. Okay, I had a feeling. All right. Okay. Thank you for trying, though. I really sure, appreciate it. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye.